it's always extremely important to have as much information as you possibly can about any decision that you're making and, and when you're weighing up risks and benefits of something. Absolutely. Particularly when it comes to feeding your baby. Welcome to Breastfeeding with ABA, a podcast brought to you by volunteers from the Australian Breastfeeding Association. Breastfeeding with ABA is a podcast about breastfeeding, made by parents for parents. In this episode, we'll be talking about alcohol and breastfeeding. This podcast records in different parts of Australia. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands we're recording on and the lands you're listening on. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to any Indigenous people listening. We also acknowledge the long history of oral storytelling on this country and of women supporting each other to learn to feed their babies. My name is Jessica, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm a breastfeeding counsellor with the Australian Breastfeeding Association. Today I'm speaking to you from the lands of the Bunurong and Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Hi, I'm Naomi. I'm the Senior Manager for Breastfeeding Information and Research at the Australian Breastfeeding Association, and I'm also a breastfeeding counsellor and have been for around 15 years and my pronouns are she and her. I am from Brisbane, the land of the Yukara and the Turrbal people. We'll also be hearing from Dr. Lisa Amir, a GP and lactation consultant. She's a principal research fellow at the Judith Lumley Centre at La Trobe University and editor-in-chief of the International Breastfeeding Journal. So today we are talking about breastfeeding and alcohol. So it's a really common question that we get asked a lot about and people have really strong opinions about it. So today we're just going to break down a few things so that everyone can have all of the information that they need so that they can make the choices that they are most comfortable with. So Naomi, the first question that I'm going to ask is what are the recommendations around alcohol and breastfeeding. Thanks, Jess. Yeah, the current recommendations around alcohol and breastfeeding are to avoid alcohol while breastfeeding, particularly in those very early days of your baby's life. This is safest for health and development of your baby. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people know that avoiding alcohol is the the kind of safest and healthiest thing to do altogether, but they want more information about whether there's a way that they can do it safely. So that's what we aim to provide is so that people can have that informed choice. So we know that when babies are really young, their breastfeeds are both frequent and unpredictable. They can feed around the clock. They can wake up when you thought that they wouldn't and want to feed again. But as they get older, it does change and babies become a bit more predictable with when they're feeding. So some people might choose to consume alcohol at this stage when their baby's a little bit older. If they do decide to do that, how can they reduce the risk? Definitely by planning ahead. That's the key. And something that I heard said the other day was it's really about abstinence for the baby as opposed to abstinence for the mother. And I thought, That is a really excellent way of looking at it because we don't like being told we can't have something, um, particularly something that we enjoy. With a younger baby, when their feeding and sleeping timings are a bit unpredictable, it can actually be easier just to avoid having any drinks yourself. But as they get older, that can get easier. Absolutely. And And that planning is what really makes it possible to be able to combine the two. When would expressing and storing breast milk be part of that planning ahead? I think the easiest examples to think about are when you know that you have a function coming up. So it might be your friend's 30th, it might be a wedding, it might be a special family celebration where it's part of your usual thing to have a couple of drinks. Expressing and storing ahead of time just gives you that safety net of knowing that you do have some breast milk that doesn't have any alcohol in it 
for if your baby does need a feed when you weren't expecting or if you have a few more drinks than what you thought you might have. Yeah. So how will people know if their breast milk might have some alcohol in it? How can they manage that and plan around that? Well, first of all, I might just explain that alcohol moves in and out of breast milk quite easily and the blood alcohol concentration will equal the percentage of alcohol that's in your breast milk. And that's because it does move backwards and forwards so easily. So while you have alcohol in your blood, you will have alcohol in your breast milk. But we know that your liver is working away to filter that alcohol and remove it from your body. So over time, that amount of alcohol will decrease. It's usually around one to two hours per standard drink. And we're all very well informed about how to combine drinking alcohol with driving. And we know that uh, it's usually around one standard drink an hour is considered acceptable and that's what will keep blood alcohol levels quite low. If you're ever not sure about where your body might be at after having a couple of drinks, we or even for planning actually, uh, we have the FeedSafe app, which is a free app downloadable from wherever you normally get apps from. And it enables you to put in your age and your weight and when you had your first drink. And it is basically like a timer and it, it will just let you know and help you track when you can consider your blood alcohol and therefore your breast milk to be free from alcohol. Yeah, great. So it does actually work a little bit differently than the way that drugs and alcohol work during pregnancy. So let's hear from Dr. Lisa Ramirez. I wanted to explain the difference between taking medications in pregnancy and breastfeeding because many people are aware that we need to be careful about medications that we take in pregnancy and there's a couple of things to understand that are quite different about breastfeeding. So during pregnancy the fetus is developing so a mother may take a medication and this can cause some congenital anomalies in the infant and a lot of people are aware of the example of thalidomide where mothers took this in early pregnancy and it resulted in severe problems with the child so because it's well known people have this fear of taking medications but we need to understand that now that the child is breastfeeding we don't need to consider a problem such as teratogenesis. So some medications that were not suitable for pregnancy are going to be okay for breastfeeding. And then the other point is that during pregnancy, the fetus receives a much higher dose of any medication that a mother is taking. So many medications or other things like alcohol that are in the mother's bloodstream can cross the placenta and go straight into the baby's bloodstream. But with breastfeeding, that if a mother ingests a medication, then if it gets into her bloodstream, it then goes into the breast milk and then the baby ingests it, goes into the baby's stomach and then into the baby's bloodstream. So there's quite a few stages in between that we don't see in pregnancy. And this is why some medications don't cross from the mother's bloodstream into the milk or they may go into the baby's stomach but are not absorbed. So this is why we need to think carefully about where the path of that medication is. Realise that if the baby is ingesting the milk, whatever's in that milk, the baby's getting a much smaller dose than they would get if it was going straight into their bloodstream. We often think about the example of alcohol because it's a very small molecule. So it does cross from the bloodstream straight into the milk. So the mother's milk alcohol will be the same as the blood alcohol. 
whereas some other drugs uh, may have a large molecular size and they're actually too big to cross into the breast milk. So we can work out um, that they're just not going to be in the milk and the baby won't get them. We recommend that mothers don't drink alcohol, particularly in the first month. And after that, obviously it's better not to drink alcohol, but if a mother is going to drink alcohol, if she understands what's going on, that she can have a drink of alcohol say after she's fed the baby for the last feed in the evening and then after two hours after one alcoholic drink her blood alcohol will be back to zero so her milk alcohol will be back to zero and then it will be safe. And I think that's something that people really want to know. They want to know how long will it take for my breast milk to be free of alcohol so I can feed my baby and it's really helpful to have that information. So going back to the example that you gave of say someone's going to a wedding and they might be having quite a few drinks, does that mean that we should be encouraging people when they've had a lot of drinks to come home and go about everything as normal and care for their baby? Mm, Well there's a few things to consider there. So, of course, in that situation when you know you're going to have a few drinks or you think that you will, you ideally might express a bit ahead of time to have enough for about two or three feeds stored away in the fridge or the freezer and also letting someone else know where that milk is stored and how to prepare it for a feed. And what about would it be then safe for someone to, say, co-sleep with their baby or to look after their baby when they've had quite a lot of alcohol? That's definitely the other thing to consider, yeah, just ensuring that you are able to provide safe care and if that's not going to be possible, that you have a backup person to provide care for your baby. Cool. So I get asked a lot of questions about this thing called pumping and dumping. So I'm sure you've heard of it. I know a lot of our breastfeeding counsellors get asked about pumping and dumping. So pumping and dumping is when you might express milk and discard it and not keep it to feed to your baby. When is that necessary? Because there are some times when a mum might decide to pump and dump where it's a good idea to consider that. When would that be? Absolutely. There is a lot of misinformation about pumping and dumping out there. Because of what I said earlier about how the alcohol moves in and out of the breast milk, pumping and removing milk from your body doesn't remove the alcohol from your body. So while you're removing milk, you're not actually reducing the amount of alcohol in your body. So pumping and dumping doesn't help in that regard, but it does definitely help you to be able to stay comfortable if you are going to have to miss feeding your baby a couple of times because you can get quite full and uncomfortable. And of course, that can predispose you to some block ducts or mastitis, which is not going to be a great outcome. It's pretty nasty. And I feel like as well, you're not going to be comfortable at your friend's wedding. If you've had a couple of drinks, that's fine. And your baby's being looked after by someone else. They've got Mm -hmm. their express breast milk, but you're there and you've missed a couple of breastfeeds. Your boobs are going to be possibly huge and possibly quite painful. And you're possibly going to leak over your lovely outfit that I'm sure you've spent ages planning. I have to say I've had that experience myself really? <laughs> when my first baby was nine months old, my best friend got married and I actually went to the wedding and forgot to take my pump and I had to go back to my hotel room and attempt to hand express because I was extremely uncomfortable. So that's where it is important to have that hand expressing skill. I must admit it wasn't something that I had really practiced very often, unfortunately. So I was able to express enough to just feel a little bit more comfortable. But yeah, it is certainly a predicament that 
some people find themselves in. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really the key is when it comes to pumping and dumping, if you know that you don't want to give that breast milk with a little bit of alcohol in it to your baby, but you're uncomfortable and you feel like you need to express, that's the time for it. We know that breastfeeding works on supply and demand. So removing that milk from your breast is important for that. But it is also important, as you said, to one, be comfortable and two, prevent engorgement, which can lead to some other issues um, down the track. The key takeaway there is really that it doesn't remove the alcohol from your body. Yeah, yeah, it's your body that's doing that uh, already and you're just keeping yourself comfortable. Mm. So I want to talk a little bit about things like risks and benefits. So this is something that we do in our everyday lives. We're weighing up the risks of one thing versus the other and we're weighing up the benefits of something versus the other. So tell me a little bit about that when it comes to making these sorts of choices for parents about whether they're going to you know, have a glass of wine here or there. How important is having all of the right information It's always extremely important to have as much information as you possibly can about any decision that you're making and and when you're weighing up risks and benefits of something. Absolutely. Particularly when it comes to feeding your baby. And what about, what would you say to people who, if someone approaches them and has something to say and maybe disagrees with their choices about, you know, if they're having a glass of wine and they know that they've got a young baby and they're breastfeeding and someone says something to them, what advice would you give to people in that situation? I guess that's where it's important to know that you have found the information that you need to make that decision and it helps you feel confident that you are doing the best you can for your baby and that you've made an informed decision. So there are often people that want to provide advice and they won't know the full situation. So I guess just being able to say to them that you have prepared and you do understand and you've weighed up the risks and balances and that you're confident with the decision that you've made. So we've talked about breastfeeding and alcohol. Does the exact same advice apply to other drugs and medications? Well, in some ways it's quite similar because what we've talked about today is how alcohol behaves in the body and how it moves in and out of breast milk. And yes, that is the same for other drugs. All medications act in different ways in the body. Some move into the breast milk and some don't. So there isn't a simple or straightforward answer that covers all drugs with any medications or drugs, whether they're legal or illegal drugs, will have different interactions and different ways to be managed around breastfeeding. So how can people check if they've taken some medication or if they've taken recreational drugs, whether or not they're wanting to plan ahead and Mm. do either of those things or they've done it and then afterwards realise that they haven't considered the implications of that on whether it'll pass through their breast milk. Who do they speak to? There are some really great sources of information and it varies from state to state. So we have a web page and we have all of those state-based medicine lines listed out in a table there with their numbers and their hours. You can also call our breastfeeding helpline. The breastfeeding counsellors won't be able to give you specific information based on that medication, but they can provide support with your decisions and your planning, helping you work around the situation, manage your breast milk and feeding your baby and help you find the right medicine line to call if you need some help with that. Yep. So those medicine info lines will connect you with specialist pharmacists and drug information experts. 
Some of them are run through the pharmacies of big maternity hospitals and some are dedicated lines. It does depend where you are in Australia. But all of the ones that we have listed on our website, the phone number there is for people in the general public to call. Um, Your health professionals can call as well. It's very different to what we do on the National Breastfeeding Helpline, but it is one of those things where the services we offer kind of work together. But I find that when I'm speaking to mums as a breastfeeding counsellor and they're asking about medications or things like that, and they've already spoken to someone and they know that maybe they might need to wait a few hours until medication clears from their breast milk, that my role is there to help them manage the breastfeeding and manage getting the baby back to the breast when they need to, giving them information on expressing. But often we do just get people calling to ask, who can I talk to? So I think that's a really, really key thing. We have put those links in the show notes as well. And when it comes to medications as well, it's important if you are ever told that you can't take this medication while you're breastfeeding, please get a second opinion because there are hardly any medications where you can't find a way to fit breastfeeding in around needing to take that. So if someone tells you just flat out no, (laughs) please seek a second opinion or contact one of our medicine lines that we have on the list. Yeah, that's right. Often it is just a case of needing to manage breastfeeding around um, the medication as opposed to needing to instantly stop breastfeeding, which is what a lot of mums seem to be told as if it's somehow that easy. Somehow there's a switch that you just turn your boobs off and then everything fine we can support you with that as well message is we do need to be careful with uh, medications and alcohol uh, while women are breastfeeding Um, but it it's not the same situation as pregnancy so we need to stop and think because sometimes the advice the drug companies give will say pregnancy and breastfeeding without differentiating and sometimes doctors or pharmacists might do this kind of inadvertently and not really think about the difference between maybe a small preterm infant breastfeeding and someone who's breastfeeding a 12-month-old or two-year-old or something, and they just give this advice about needing to avoid breastfeeding if the mother's having some sort of procedure or something. So we can just get more information. If the mother has a question, she can find out the details of the name of the medication and, as I said, contact one of those sources uh, for more information. Thanks heaps to Naomi for chatting with me today and a huge thank you to Dr. Lisa Amir. The audio of Dr. Amir for this episode is taken from an interview one of our volunteers did with Dr. Amir during COVID lockdowns. So you can find a full link to the video of that in the show notes. You can check out the show notes for a link to this episode's blog and to all of the other information as well. So there's some links in there that we've talked about throughout the episode. If you're in a position to support the work that ABA does financially, you can become a member by visiting breastfeeding.asn.au and that'll link you in with your local group as well. If you want to speak to a breastfeeding counsellor, you can call the National Breastfeeding Helpline on 1800 Mum to Mum or 1800 686 268. So that's open 24 hours a day, every day of the year. Our live chat service is another option as well. So you can check our website to see when that's open. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what we do, it'd be really awesome if you can rate, review and subscribe to the Breastfeeding with ABA podcast wherever you're listening.